Yo, what's going on, everybody? Jorge Aquino coming to you live and direct, hanging out at 4 till 4 on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning, uh, recording in person for the first time in like a month and a half, two months. All my all my interviews have been on Zoom as of late, which is all good, but I get to go ahead and talk in person with one of my good friends in the car community, Alex Gudlow, hanging out with me here at FT4. What's going on, dude? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. Um, missing Steven, uh, unfortunately, but uh, my man is doing he's, hes doing some stuff. So big shout out to Steven. Hopefully he'll be here for the next podcast because um, I i feel like it's kind of like a uh, an, an immediate thing. Like we always have to go ahead and get together podcasts in some way, shape, or form, you know? But um, let's see. About a year ago to this day, um, me, you, Steven, Caitlin, shout out to Caitlin, and of course Ron, all got together and we did what I now consider to be our first ever our first ever Car Week annual review. And so a few weeks ago I said, Alex, let's do this and let's make it an annual thing going forward. And she was like, yes, let's do it. And then it was her idea to come out to FT4. We were supposed to have croissants and lemonade and coffee. No croissants right now, but it's all good. We do have the lemonade, we do have the coffee. But um, you were out of Car Week for basically the entire week? Pretty much, Tuesday yeah. to Monday. That's that's a full-on seven days right there. That's pretty good. Um, my understanding was you and Steven took the 570, drove drove it to L.A. first, did, like, shenanigans in L.A. for car for the pre-car week shenanigans, if you will, and then drove it from L.A. all the way up to Monterey? Correct. Damn. How was that? It was fun. It was definitely more fun when like, we break it up. It's, it's such a long drive. Yeah. I mean, even if you take the shortcut down the five, mm-hmm. it's still a 10 to 12 hour drive. So like at least when you, like, you do that, you're breaking it up, you're getting to enjoy yourself. I mean, the worst part is just that Phoenix to LA section, just that straight nothingness in the heat. Car doesn't like it. It's just boring. There's yeah. all the rock chips and all the, the tent is like notorious for rock chips and semis. Yeah. So that whole section is a nightmare. But once you get into LA, after that, it's all pretty fun. So we did a couple days in Orange County. We just kind of worked our way up the coast a couple days in Santa Barbara and then just headed up to Monterey. Nice. So last year you guys did it in the R8. This time you guys did it in the 570. I have to ask, how do the two cars compare? Because yes, they're both supercars, but they both go about it very, very differently. So the past three years, we've done it in three very different cars. Mm-hmm. The first year was the AMG GTS. Okay, that must have been the perfect one of the three. That was the most uncomfortable of the three. Really? It is so stiff on the suspension, and uh, LA roads are have all those like little... The crevices? Not crevices. It's like the way they do them, they're just very... like It's almost like a bumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just don't know how to repave roads it's on just LA. not smooth. Yeah. So like the whole time, you're like looking like a bobblehead as like you're going, <laughs> even in comfort mode. I got you. So that was probably the most uncomfortable but it had the most storage space Mm -hmm. the second year we took the r8 that was the most comfortable it was like sitting on a sofa it had mag ride it was wonderful the biggest issue with that is what it had the least amount of storage space of all the cars 
But thankfully that year we had a friend come up with us and he was kind of in his GT3 RS, GT3? Yeah, GT3. Yeah. And he was able to kind of operate as a support car and take a lot of our luggage. So that was really nice like, gotcha. that year. So I said like, I think R8 overall was the best, most comfortable year. Mm -hmm. And this year the 570, it's not as stiff as the GT, uh, GTS was. So for that bit it was comfortable. But we didn't have enough space in the front for all of our luggage. I was going to say. And since it's a convertible, we don't have the, we have like the tenue, mm -hmm. but obviously we're on the PCH. We want to drop the top on the PCH. Of course. So we didn't put anything in the tenue. And because it's a spider, you don't have the back shelf behind the seats for storage because that's where, that's where your tenue is for the um, roof. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we did not have enough space in the front. So I spent the entire trip out there with backpack between my legs a purse in front of that and another backpack on my lap for the entire drive that's hilarious so. <laughs> and did, but did you do any of the driving up or was it basically him all the way and did you, or he did most of the driving yeah. up um, I pretty much just napped also he worry. didn't really fit with all the luggage in the passenger seat Steven's a dude he's a big dude he, yeah. he's, he, he, he's, he's, he's stocky he's buff um, he's a little bit, t he's a bit taller than me. He's a big dude. And uh, but, like, don't get me wrong, the 570 is, for the most part is a pretty comfortable supercar. It's one of the most supercar. Oh, if there was no luggage in there, he'd fit He would have been fine, fine. yeah. With all the luggage, he did not fit. Exactly, that's and like seven days worth so, of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so he did not fit with all, because he couldn't fit with the luggage yeah. between his legs, on his lap, all that stuff. So he mostly drove. I did get to do a little bit of driving. Um, we spent one night, oh, where was that? I'm blanking on the name of this little town that we spent the night in, but it was on the other side of the mountains from Malibu. Oh, okay. So um, one morning we just took the car and we did all the Malibu canyons, and I oh got to drive God, it through yes. some of the canyons. Okay. So that was fun. Don't. All right. Let's start right there because yes, of course you guys did all this fun stuff in Carmel and in Monterey and all that good stuff. We're gonna go ahead and get into that, but that was the first thing that you guys both shared was like the mountain drives on the other side of Malibu, and it's the full-on you know Great Canyon roads that California is known for and whatnot. And I get a video from State from Steven and he posted some of it on his stories, um, and I was like, oh dude, like that is what you want to do. You know what I mean? It was just incredible. The, the views were awesome. But again, respect to the views. They're great. That's not what you go out there for. You go out there for like the best roads that North America has to offer. Had you experienced them prior? Yes. Um, we've done oh, that's them. that's right, because you're a yeah. SoCal girl. Well, kind of. I'm Central. from Central California. Yeah, Central. My bad. Um, that's where I went to high school. But so I, we never, we all, I mean, most of us in Central California, we avoid LA, Malibu. It's like people in SoCal avoid, it's avoid the LA. It's yeah. like mm -hmm. we don't go there. So I'd never really experienced them. I'd never even been to Beverly Hills until after I moved to Arizona and I went oh, really? with Steven. So I'd never been to any of those areas before. I'd been to Anaheim once for an Angels baseball game when I was like seven. Don't tell me you've never been to Disneyland, Alex Cudlow. I've been to Disneyland actually a couple times. Okay. But usually on like school field trips. Oh, okay. Like for the school band, that kind of stuff. I got gotcha. you. So like never really around LA or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, so I've been on those roads before, but mostly with Steven because we did them yeah. in his, oh my gosh, this is going to be a long list. Um, we did them in his M4. Right. We did them in an Avora that he rented. Oh, nice. We did them in his GTS, his R8, and now we've done them in the 570. Oh, man. So, that, you know, the 911 would have been perfect for those roads for, for when yes. he had it. Yes. I will say, though, the 570 on those roads, the GTS, too wide, mm. too big on some of the really tight roads mm -hmm. to get it really, you got to really force it around the corners. Sure. And honestly, the GTS on those roads was 
probably my least favorite, even though it had like great suspension, just so many of those roads are too tight it's, for the car. It's a long car. The yeah. GTS, you look at it, you well, you know, it's a two, it's a two seat Grand Tour. The GTS, mm -hmm. it's mid-engine, and so the engine is pretty much right in front of you. Right. Because it's so far back in that hood, because the mm -hmm. hood's so long. So it's the, the, the engine is behind the front wheels, right. Yeah. So because of that, when he's like driving it, you can get so car sick in that oh, car really? more than any other car, just because of the way the momentum swings with it being so like right there in front of you. Yeah. You get so car sick in that car. Interesting. Um, that was like with the GTS, but with the R8, the R8 was again that issue where it was almost like it's first of all it was all-wheel drive, mm -hmm. and it was kind of it was a little boaty. Sure. So it didn't really want to get around the corners. So like it's a heavy car. Yeah, it definitely oversteered significantly. So you just didn't want to go. You really had to force that one as well. But with yeah. the 570, like any of those really tight little corners, you just pointed it and it went. Like it yeah. was very very impressive the current the current batch of mclarens you and i both know this like firsthand like from a driving perspective are ace doesn't do it justice like i've had my issues with mclarens i'm sure steven has had his own fair share of issues during the time that my he's my favorite is the um, horn warning <laughs> <laughs> the amount of warnings that those cars spit out we've is kind of hilarious been so lucky with the 570 yeah. we've only had like weird little airs like sure horn air and then like you hit the horn and the horn still works and then it just goes away that's so weird so it's been we haven't had any major airs with the good. car it's been really really good like he got a good one since so you spend again like horn air right that's the only thing no that's, that's perfect yeah that's legit but from the driving perspective you know i took the 720 in january right and obviously the 570 um it's it's a not a, saying a baby 720 that's not entirely accurate but it's the sports series compared to the 720 being the super series and whatnot dynamics are relatively similar with the exception of um suspension the suspension right um and also it's a bit smaller and so if the 720 is going to be good on those canyon roads 570 is probably going to be nine out of ten times better so and it's they're they're not as fast, but 570s are so fast. They punch I mean, so far above their weight. Roads, yeah. You don't need to carry that no, kind of speed. It's, there's really nowhere where you're hitting, you know, 100 miles an hour. Right. Except for, like, on some of the big, long straightaways. Because it's just so short, like, you know, tight corner to tight corner mm -hmm. with very little space in between. Like, maybe a sweeping corner in between or really short straight. So you never have those areas where you really feel like you're, like, the 570... It's probably was pretty perfect on those roads just because it wasn't too much speed yeah but like say like we were talking about like if we as we're driving those roads we're talking like hey if this had been like a gt3 we wouldn't be able to get this kind of speed like nope. this is just such a perfect car for these roads and, and you know with the turb with it being the twin turbo v8 like yeah it gets a it gets most of that power like all the way up but those turbos pull up, they spool up relatively quick. And so you've got oh, it this was like. so happy in yeah. that California coastal, like just, yeah. It, it, it so loves happy. to coast. It's got enough torque to kind of like get you through stuff and whatnot. You don't have to be flooring it all the time. But when you do floor it, that thing just yeah. takes off. I've seen some videos of you, of, of you because you've posted them up on IG. Let's go ahead and let me throw that out there right now. First of all, go follow Alex at Automotive Alex. Homegirl almost a 40k, so happy for you. Literally tw almost 20k in four months. It took you 20. It took you 
what three years to hit 20k it was just reels i literally just started using trending audios in my reels yeah making sure the trending audio i used was like car related mm-hmm. like the top videos were all car related and yeah. then making sure that each one had like less than a couple thousand uses and the next thing i know it was just like whoop. unbelievable i'm so happy for you you deserve all this growth and whatnot uh, but yeah go ahead and check out automotive alex on instagram and then of course you can go ahead and follow steven at it's at it's, it's a right off. off um that's issa W-R-I-T-E-O-F-F. There you go. Um, but I was watching some of the videos that you guys shared on your stories and whatnot. And, of course, you know, you see Steven. He's giving it the business. My favorites are when I see you. Because I don't... It's so funny. Everybody in this community that knows you knows, like... And, I, and I've said this to you before. You're kind of like our queen of car culture. You know? <laughs> and I know you hate that term. And I'm not... So I'm not going to go ahead and embarrass you too much. But you do have this, like, sense of, like... You know, uh, like some of our other colleagues that we know, car culture kind of seems to revolve around you guys, and you guys aren't even meaning to for it to happen that way, but it just kind of does. But for whatever reason, I don't think people quite understand that you can go behind the wheel pretty nicely. <laughs> you know, homegirl's got an F80 M3. She, you know, it's not it, it's not slow. It's, no, it's not, not a slow car. And <laughs> so many Mustangs have found out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. We're going to get into Mustangs in just a little bit. But, you know, Alex goes ahead and, you know, she, she messes around in her M3 every once in a while. So when you see her get behind the wheel of the 570, you're like, okay, this should be really interesting. And every single time, Alex is fucking flying. And it's hilarious. And, of course, it being bright yellow, um, you see that sucker from space. But... Um, all in all, great Canyon experience, great Canyon car, I suppose. Yes, it okay. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we that were thing. Both very impressed. Like that's where that car was meant to excel. Sure, that's that's unbelievable. Good job, McLaren. Um, by the way, and I can say this because he's posted him up on his Instagram. But um, for anybody who is listening, uh, Stephen. My technicality does have that car now for sale. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, he is um, looking to go ahead and sell it. Or if you happen to have a 991.2 GT3, think that he was looking for. 991 3RS, 991.2 GT3, or .1 3RS, or now he's looking 720. I know he's all over the place. If you've got a cool car that you're interested in maybe trading for a 570, please just hit up Steven. You can go ahead and find him as a write-off on Instagram. Send him a DM. He'll respond. Um, And if you're looking for a really good, like, really quality held-together 570S, that 570, you and I can both speak. You more from all the personal experience. It's solid. That is a solid car. Um, And I feel like the 570 was not plagued anywhere near as much as the first couple years of 720. Like, 720 now, McLaren has really gotten, like, they figured it out. And it looks like Artura's got it figured out. So I hope that 750 will have it figured out. But the 570s, whether it was S, whether it was GT and 600 LT, very, very little small issues, almost none. And the whole point is... Drive those cars. Yeah, when you as long as you don't let the car sit, you're very good. Yeah. And we do not let that car sit. <laughs> you don't, which is fantastic. Um, but let's go ahead and move more into car week. So you hit up the California Canyons. You went ahead and did some of the car shows. What, what, what car shows did you do in L.A. before we move on? Uh, we did South Coast, um, o- South Coast Cars and Coffee. Yeah. Yeah, or South OC Cars and Coffee. Okay. So, yeah, we did that one. Um, we did the Protective Film Solutions show. 
and then we did the Anacillary Studios. We did both of their shows, the morning Cars and Coffee event, and then we also did the afternoon um, event at the studio itself. Which one was the one that was held at the Oakley? At the that Oakley was the Cars Beach. and Coffee in the morning. That was pretty dope. That one was, in my opinion, at least from a photographer's point of view, much better than the afternoon show just because the location was so good for photos versus, right off the water right um no it's no. like up on this like hill okay kind of a little bit away from the water mm. and yeah it's, it's really cool but it was just the cars were like out in the sunlight which was really nice versus because i mean even in the studio it's awesome when it's not packed full of people for photos but when it's so full of people with all the doors open you don't get that like really nice light on the cars so that one is definitely preferable for photos. But then the cars at the um, afternoon session were much better. Nice. Um, Not that they weren't good at the morning session. I mean, Koenigsegg's Pagani's like, <laughs> you know, they were great. They were amazing. But like the afternoon session had like the tricolor and the, the tricolor and yeah. the cinque. So that was like. Nice. Next level. I got you. Well, do you uh, do you remember when we did the Knights of the Photography Roundtable? We did it with Cody. We did it mm-hmm. with AJ and um, with Riley and with and with Johnny. Um, shout out to all those guys, by the way, and and of course Tatum as well. Make sure to shout out Tatum. She was there and hung out with us. But um, I remember asking a question whether or not whether or not we're spoiled um, with all the cars that we see here in the Scottsdale and just Greater Phoenix area and whatnot. And I remember we said kinda. Did you feel that way again? And I, I only mentioned it because you're like, yeah, the Koenig says where Connie's were there, but then at the same time, you and I both know because we've seen so well. You've seen more Koenig says and Pagani's than I have, but now I'm starting to see more and more, and it's taking to see more of the even heavy, heavier hitter stuff to really be like, oh my god. You know what I mean? Did you kind of feel that way? Or? Yes and no. So how I kind of feel is there's a difference between when you're going somewhere expecting to see something and when you're not expecting yes, to see something. Yes, it's true. Like when you're expecting it and it shows up, you're not that surprised because you knew it was going to be there. You're still excited to see it, but you're not that like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, but when you're not expecting to see it and it pulls in, that's when it's like, holy crap. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. This is here right now. So... <laughs> I think that plays a lot into that, but yeah. I would say, I mean, I still get excited when I'm in freaking sitting in a restaurant and a Huracan drives by. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a Huracan, look. No, so I got you. I still have like a lot of that. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, eh, it's just a Huracan, who cares? Like, I feel that. I'll be driving on the, like the 202 or on the 101 in particular, and I'll go ahead and just randomly see like a GT3. And I'm, it just, it still doesn't register that I'm like, Oh my god, just a GT3 just driving by. Because like a GT3 we see it all all the time. But parked. And it's very odd to go ahead and just see them in traffic. Especially here, like it just doesn't click. And when I see one, I'm like, shout out to that person going ahead and driving around in the GT3. When I was in Texas on vacation, I was heading up the 45 going from Houston up to Fort Worth. And I was heading northbound and coming southbound the opposite direction, I just see this random Ferrari Roma on the freeway. And I was like, first of all, yes. Second of all, oh, look at that. A Roma actually doing what it's meant to do. Grand touring. You know, and it's just, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like I am a little bit spoiled and like it doesn't hit me that hard. But then when I actually see them in action, that's when I'm just like, oh, yeah. Okay. I remember I kind of refall back in love with those cars and whatnot. So I can only imagine how it was with the... Now, seeing it, you mentioned a Chiqui and you mentioned a Tricolore. 
those aren't your normal Zondas. Like, those, that's that's pretty heavy hitter. Now, remind me, the Tricolore, I believe, so Pagani made that in kind of like, um, in honor of like the Italian army or something like that. I think that's the reason why they called it the three colors because it's got the green, red, and the white. I know it's got the three colors. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, tricolory three yeah. colors. Right. That's kind obviously. of what I've thought. For I've those who don't know Italian, there you go. Um, I've never really looked into that that much. I'm just more like, oh my gosh, it's a tricolory. I'm so good at butcher these names. Oh my it's, gosh. It's, it's hard. They're hard. They're hard. Now, but Cinque, I think. And uh, I'm sure if Cody listens to this one, he'll go ahead and correct me. And probably, actually, you can correct me because you're just as much of an expert on Pagani's as anybody else is. But wasn't Cinque, was, isn't that, didn't they basically kind of take the, the Zonda R and the Cinque kind of is like that, but street legal? Obviously with a different, with, with the regular 7 liter uh, V12. You know, I'm not entirely sure on that, actually. I'm going to have to go ahead and look that up, because I feel, like, obviously it's not a Zonda R. Zonda R is completely different level, completely only track, legal, and whatnot. Although, some crazy sons of bitches out there have made those road legal, so you can see some Zonda Rs on the on the street, barely legal. But, I'm pretty sure I had read something like that. But that's not the point. Seeing those types of Zondas, um, and starting to go ahead and see the heavier hitter wires out there and whatnot, I'm starting to get a little bit more into them. I don't know what it is. I, actually, I know what it is. It's you and Cody. That's what it is. Um, but I am starting to appreciate them a little bit more. You have like this really cool love for Pagani's. What? I know that you've met Horatio at least once or twice. A right. couple times. Couple I times. don't even know how many times, honestly. <laughs> but what is it that? Because I know about your love for Lambo, in particular for the Countach. But what is it about Pagani's that gets? you like oh my god i love what this brand is doing i love what it represents i really love the art styling of the cars and how like when you look at them it's just you're literally looking at a piece of art mm-hmm. and like from a photographer's perspective there is so much to photograph on that car i mean just looking at like the gear linkages and like all that is just insane mm-hmm. or just the interiors on those cars like every little bit of them is so well done it's just beautiful that's kind of where that comes from i just love how artistically like perfect every aspect of the car is right like there's nothing that you can photograph on a pagani be like oh that's ugly like it just doesn't exist on a pagani i get you no i I completely agree which is the reason why i'm starting to go ahead and come around on them a bit more i've never had a problem with zonda r but for whatever reason zonda's like they were always like "Eh, they're okay i actually like i think wyra's prettier personally I don't think everybody probably views it that way or I might be wrong um, but Utopia when it first came out because it got unveiled I think last year I wasn't feeling it regardless of whether or not it comes with a 7 speed manual which okay respect but I didn't like the looks of it and then I saw it going up the um, hill at Goodwood and I've started to see a few more videos about it and I'm completely starting to change my mind on it how do you feel about Utopia? I kind of, I mean, I'm kind of the odd duck. I liked it from the day they revealed it. Oh, you did? I okay. really liked it. I liked it. I loved the Cotalunga. I think that is one of the prettiest cars they've made in a while. Like, I love the Cotalunga. Um, which was which was that one? It's like, it's it's the like a limited production run that's kind of between the Wyra and the Utopia that they released. It's like got the long tail. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay yes. 
I okay. It, that's a very striking car. I will give you that. But I totally get where you're coming from from an aesthetic standpoint and whatnot. But yeah, I think what you mentioned about them being such art pieces rolling on the road, that is a very particular way to go ahead and describe those cars, right? They're just nothing on the there's nothing on the planet that looks like a Pagani at all. I, I, I try and think and I try and think and I try and think and it is so such its own thing yes. that Horatio has been able to pull off. You know what I mean? He's yes. got this eye for detail. I mean, there's definitely other cars that are getting up there like at that same level artistic-wise artistic like the De Tomaso. Like that mm-hmm. thing, the P72, the art that is on that car is also, I'd say on the same level as Pagani. I got you. But it's just like those really stunning, striking, like just where every single part of them is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so let, let's now get into car week. Let's, you know, because you get there, you and Steven get there. I remember talking to you last year and it's like, oh, how do you plan your car week? How do you go ahead and, um, I got it. We just had to take a break really quickly, guys. We're back at it. But if you got, I'm sure that you guys have seen this on Alex's stories. Um, Alex and I are still patiently waiting for her to get her spider powers. She has had not one, not two, but now three different... Two? Okay, excuse me. Two different situations involving spiders and involving her. Um, and it's not been pretty. Can you want to? You want, let's, let's just leave it at that. We'll, it's gross. Leave it at that. We're, wait, we're, we're waiting for her to be the next, uh, you know, uh, Gwen. Um, we, uh, so who knows? In the next few months, we might go ahead and see uh, uh, our friendly neighborhood spider spider woman uh, rolling around the streets of the Greater Phoenix area, courtesy of Alex Kedlow. But for now, there you go. If you get bitten by a spider, go get it checked out immediately, please and thank you. That's that's the PSA for today from Tormenting Torment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last year we went we, we discussed like oh how do you go about it like what is, like how's your business model and stuff like that and I feel like that did a disservice to you and being able to enjoy you and Steven together to be able to enjoy your respective car week. So today I want to go ahead and just talk about your experience and whatnot. Um, from what I could see, it looked even better than last year. Yes. Right. So. I would say this year was a little interesting. I think a lot of photographers will agree with that, that it wasn't the quantity that it has been in past years. So, like, just the quantity, not of just, we had a lot of hypercars. Yeah. But those hypercars were always kind of, like, in groups, which made it so, like, you didn't always just see one around. It was usually you saw groups of them. So that was kind of interesting. And then, like, the average, I mean, not average, but at Car Week average, kind of like you know your 720s your 570s your svjs like those weren't there as in force as they have been in previous years that was kind of an interesting thing but overall like the hypercar presence at car week this year was insane one thing i noticed and i'm just going to go ahead and call this out now because i find it found it interesting and if i can't say this then i'll go ahead and delete it afterwards but i'll just say it now i know that aston martin had their one set had their groups of had their i think Maybe 30 or 40 177s um, at, on one of their lawns or whatever that they had rented out and stuff like that. And I think it was five or six. Am I exaggerating that number? I sincerely apologize. <laughs> I just felt like I saw a lot of 177s. But 
I didn't see the 177 that I think is really important that we actually happen to have here in the Scottsdale area, which belongs to, of course, Art Vandalay. Shout out to Art Vandalay. Um, and I just, it's interesting how you would think you would want that car there. So here's the funny thing about Quail. So the 177 was in the show last year, right. which means it can't be in the show this year. Ah. So Quail's very, very strict, and they have essentially a time frame where it's, and it's not like it's every other year, it's like a couple years between a car being in the show and coming back to the show again. So like, there's a cool down period. So that's what, that's the great thing about Quail though, it keeps it very refreshing. You never see gotcha. the same cars every year, right. which is awesome. But it also means that, you know, Aston Martin did the big 177 thing this year and we had five or six of them at Quail, but because that 177 was in it last year, it couldn't be in it this year. Right. So it's like one of those kind of give and take type situations. That but makes sense. See, I didn't know that. And that's the reason why you are um, the Car Week expert and whatnot, because like they're, I'm still learning about Car Week. And by the way, I'm talking like I was there. I was not. It's very clear that I was not. I was very jealous of everybody who went. And all the pictures and that I shared are all from everybody who went, Alex included. I shared a ton of your stuff. You got some excellent rollers of some great, some great stuff. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, now, you and Steven get there Thursday, right? Um, you, Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, shoot. Tuesday. Oh, no, you were there for a full, for Tuesday. Okay, that's right, because you were in L.A. for the entire weekend prior to that. So, you, you guys get there. Um, what was the first thing that you guys did? Oh, that's a good question. I need to think about that. Um, we pulled up, so the, it was kind of weird. Our schedule got changed up a lot because we were going to be there Wednesday to Monday. Yeah. But then we were planning on doing Sunset GT, but then Sunset GT didn't happen this year. Okay. So because of that, that kind of threw like a monkey wrench in the plans because we, you know, booked all of our hotels months and months and months ago. Right. So because of that, it was like, that's when we still thought Sunset GT was going to happen. Is there and a reason it, why it didn't? Um, I just think they didn't host one this year. I'm oh, not okay. sure exactly why, but it just, they just never did one this year. I got you. Um, for the pre-car week. So because of that, that kind of, we ended up not staying in LA. We went to Santa Barbara a day earlier, which then we went to Car got to Carmel a day earlier. So we just kind of booked like a last minute hotel. Yeah. And we got super, super lucky. Um, La, I'm going to butcher this name, it's French, um, La Abrage, or whatever that name is, where like, um, essentially no motor car stays, so it's where like, the Apollo Evo was out front of, uh, the Blue Wire was out front of that hotel, ended up, we found it for $200 a night. How did, <laughs> what? For just the one night. That's so nuts. So we ended up going I mean, a day early and staying there for a night. Just that's we not like, normal. I know, 200 we were, bucks a night. We were looking at the hotel website. We're like, this is a thousand dollar a night hotel. Like, do they leave off a zero? What's going on here? Let me let me <laughs> let me put it out this straight. And I'm not going to talk about my financials and shit like that. But I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there right now. For you to go ahead and find a resort of what you just mentioned at 200. It is a resort, right? Um, not or, really. It's just like, like a, more a business hotel. hotel. Boutique hotel. For you to find it at 200 dollars a night. Oh, it was insane. It's got I mean, the restaurant has a Michelin star. I. I fucking paid, excuse my French when I say this, but I fucking paid $200 a night for a fucking residence in and downtown Los Angeles for my wife this past weekend. Think about that for one second. Yeah, no, it a was, residence in. Yeah, we were like, um, did we miss a zero? What's going on here? So it's like, nuts. book it, book it, book it. So <laughs> we booked that hotel for a night, which is really cool. I mean, like, 
we walked in and they the first thing they did is they gave us warm towels for our hands before we even signed like the stuff and then they gave us their homemade agave drink like as we're like it? signing it was delicious as we're signing stuff we get to the hotel room and within five minutes there's a knock on our door and someone's like how are you i hope it's amazing have some fresh baked cookies like we were like oh my gosh they must have left <laughs> off a zero but it was just like a weird fluke with so wheeler yeah. motor cars books them for the entire week all the rooms nice so but because of that there's that one was that one or two weird days at the beginning of the week where Miller Motor Cars doesn't come in until Wednesday. So that Monday, Tuesday is kind of weird and hard to book. So yeah. it's really cheap that Monday, Tuesday. But we were like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So yeah, they did not leave off a zero. We no, just hey. got insanely lucky. Big shout out to, to that boutique hotel. Where, where, where was it? Just outside of... It's Amara? in downtown Carmel. It's in downtown. So that was really cool. So the first thing we did was like we pulled to the hotel and there was a blue Pagani. So I was like out there with my camera. That was probably the first thing we did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, <clears throat> well, my fi- you did several several shoots. Some of them planned, some of them not planned and yes. whatnot. Um, I I as a fan of yours and as a friend of yours, um, I love your planned shoots. But whenever you don't do a planned shoot and things like happen out of the out of the blue. Those are my favorites. Um, so one in particular, it wasn't even that that crazy of a car, but it, the location was absolutely nuts. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Stevens 570 at that dope-ass gas station in Carmel. Oh, yeah. Yo. My voice is just going out there. I'm so excited, guys. Um, that was really cool. What you, the, just the location. And also, Alex, Alex got a new toy. She got a brand new camera. So like all her art, art oh that's a funny story <laughs> it looks so much like it it's it's it, it kicked it up a couple different launches and that's then that's a compliment i i hope that you take it that way because uh, your art is already amazing but like you can tell like one picture from another and i was like oh that's the new camera i was like damn that camera rig is insane <laughs> what were, you, you said there's a funny oh, story yeah so um what's a short Two days before I left for car week, I did a photo shoot, and I thought my camera was broken because it wasn't the picking new up. One? No, my old one. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't picking up data in the shadows as well as it used to. So I'd be like trying to, you know, lift my shadows or raise my exposure, and I was getting all this grain, and I wasn't getting color in the shadows, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Is my camera broken? So I, of course, like freaked out and tried to do everything to like check and see what was wrong with it. And then I was like, okay, my camera's broken. It's two days before car week. What am I gonna do? So I just went and bought a new camera because I like looked on Amazon and Amazon like Amazon's like if you want it to arrive by this date, you have to order in the next two hours. And I was like, oh! So I freaked out, bought a new camera. Next day, going through my old camera, prepping it because I was like, okay, I'm probably like just gonna get the lenses off, clean everything because I'm like it's broken. I'm not gonna sell it. Yada yada yada. Well, it wasn't broken. Um, there was a clump of cat hair in the sensor. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you've ever hung out with Steven and Alex, they have this great cat, very friendly cat, but at the same time keeps to itself. What's your cat's name again? Kovu. Kovu, shout yeah, out to Kovu. He only keeps to himself if he doesn't know you. Yeah. Otherwise, he is all up in your business. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Kovu back in April. I hung out with uh, Steven and Alex. We were hanging out at the house doing a podcast and whatnot. Very sweet cat. That is hilarious that you would not realize that there was a clump of cat hair in your camera. See, here's the thing. I... <laughs> check the camera sensor like on the body but i yeah. didn't check it on the lens right and it was on the lens it's so funny so i went back and i took it off and i'm like okay my camera's totally fine so now it is for sale it is absolutely broken. for sale so if you are interested in getting a, a um 
a really well used camera, but like really strong. It's a Sony, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, go ahead and A7 hit up III. an A7 III. Go ahead and hit up Alex. Uh, she's got it for sale. Um, yeah, just go ahead and ask her how much it is, and she'll be happy to go ahead and get you all squared away and whatnot. Um, it does have a high shutter count, I believe. I think, honestly. So I haven't actually checked the shutter count. I'm just assuming it's high because I've done a lot of rollers. So I'd rather assume rollers. it's high and be surprised that it's low than assume it's low and then have someone be like, it's really high. So That's fair. Um, but yeah, how did you find that gas station? Because That is a gas station on the way into Monterey coming up the PCH. Yeah. So I've actually photographed cars there. In 2019, I saw a yellow LaFerrari there and took a photo of it. A yellow LaFerrari Perta. So yeah. that's kind of where I remembered it from. And okay. so it's like, I need gas. I was coming up the PCH from shooting the Pink Pig. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know this great gas station. Let's grab some photos. So That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's so beautiful because it's got this like, the, the like 50s, 60s type vibe. Yes, and it has, like, it's just very well done. It's got, like, a cute little red telephone box. And, yeah. like, it's a, like almost like a boutique gas station. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's got, really it's like, um, it's like a bricked, like, yeah. bricked pavement as opposed to just, like, regular pavement exactly. and stuff like that. And it's just, and just, it's, it's full-on Carmel visuals around it and whatnot. Like, I, I saw that, and I was just, like, so enamored. I was like, Damn. Like, it's just a gas station. Why am I getting hyped up about a gas station? You know what I mean? But, like, it was, seriously, it's just such a cool vibe. And um, was that early in the morning or was that, like, that getting was towards... Late at, that late was late in, in the late evening. In the evening right? That was, like, deep into blue hour. And I'm yeah. like, okay, we're going to test out this new camera's Oh, did you test it? And, oh, did you nail it? <laughs> like, it, you nailed that because, like, that was, again... Again, no disrespect to Steven's 570. Steven, if you're listening to this, I love you, man. I got no no disrespect to your car. But, you know, you're going to Car Week. You're wanting to go ahead and see all these, like, great heavy hitters. And then one of Alex's best sets happens to be her boyfriend's car at just this dope-ass location. And I was just like, of course that's going to be best the case. Best sets you've seen yet. That, that's very true. There's more coming. There's more coming. Now, you mentioned the Pink Pig. Yeah. Now, that I know that was planned. And you knocked that out of the park. That actually wasn't Was that, that another unplanned? So that okay. was, we were going to shoot Steven's 570 there. And then we got oysters with our friend. And he has the pink pig. Okay. And we just invited him to come join us. Nice. And it just worked so well in that location. Now, describe this particular pink pig 911. Uh, what gen is this one? Oh, okay. So this is a, I think a G-body. Just a regular G-body, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, it doesn't have headlights. It doesn't have headlights, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm I think that's not a 964. I'm pretty sure that that's a G-Body 911. So that's a classic 911. Um, pink pig livery, uh, full-on whale tail, like just absolute badassery. Um, so you were supposed to originally do Stevens, um, Stevens car over there, but you decided to go ahead and do the 911 instead. Um, first of all, where had you seen this area before? Had you shot there before? Or is I had the first not. Time? One of my friends used to live in Carmel, okay. um, Brian. So we actually went out with him, and he knew all the locations. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Just absolute great, great scenery and whatnot. Um, are you starting to get more into the older 911s? I, I feel you. You kind of always have dug them, but I'm starting to feel like you're getting a little bit more into I them. I really love. I really love bathtub Porsches. Like the old speedsters, I love those so much. Yeah. Um, when it comes to old 911s, I'm starting to 
I've always had an appreciation for them. I'm starting to like them more. Yeah. But honestly, what really set this one apart was just the pink pig livery. I love that livery. Right. So, and I'd never shot a pink pig livery car before. So yeah, I was yeah. like, please bring your car. So. It's it's an it's an incredible, cool looking car. You know. Um, and I know that we've got several like old school 911s here in the area. Of course, our <coughs> God, my voice is like going crazy right now. Um, our our buddy Kent has his 964 Ruby Stone. Um, which is just absolutely ace and there's so many others out there and it's nice to see that your appreciation for older school 911s is starting to grow a little bit more um, you know because you've always been a little bit more into the modern stuff with the exception of your Kuntash and whatnot is that starting is that starting to change you feel a little bit for yourself how do you view it so that's a good question I feel like the biggest thing that's kind of changed is I've just started to really appreciate like how classy the car is versus like and just the people who drive it are always so nice. Like, yeah. That's like another big thing is like the drivers of those cars are always super nice. Um, so I wouldn't say like I've it's I've always had an appreciation for them, but I'm have but I'm becoming more like actually fond of finding myself like really liking them, depending yeah. on the body styles and like specs, all those kinds of things. But I mean, again, like ever since I was a kid, I've loved the Speedster. That's always been like one of my favorite Porsches. Right. The Speedster, the 959, is my favorite Porsche. I love that one. So yeah, there's definitely more appreciation is growing for some of those older 911s. And I've also like now that I've done a photo shoot with like a couple of them, like mm. I've done a lot of like old. Um, Old, I can speak. I swear. <laughs> Older 911s. I've done like a lot of bring a trailer stuff with yeah, in the yeah. last couple years, and that's like also helped me grow an appreciation for them. No, I, I agree, and um, I, I love to see it from this end. So, um, but don't get me wrong, still love your modern stuff. Like that's that's where it's at. Speaking of modern, that Apollo was nuts. Insane. I was so happy when I heard that that was going to be there. <clears throat> Where? Who was that? Apollo's car? Was that that? That's their manufacturer car, right? Or yes, that's that their car. That is still like a test car. That's their. Oh, that's their prototype. Yes. Oh, nice. The fact that it was just rolling around Carmel is crazy. Insane. Um, did you? You did a set with that on. Everybody saw it on the streets and whatnot. Um, and I know that you have one set for sure that's already out. Um, you know what about that car that you see it? Um, makes you go ahead and kind of go into it because to me it's the opposite of what a Pagani is yes it's very striking but like with Pagani you get like the beauty you get the shapes this is just like really freaking wild honestly I love it so much like I love the Apollo IE and I love the Project Evo um, it's just how out there the car is like yeah. they took a leap and i think they really nailed it like it looks so good they're so different from what they from the originals from the comfort apollos yes oh my gosh they like they're night and day completely God. different looks comfort is Gump, so, i mean it's, it's a, one of the ugliest cars ever it's let's be honest it's an interesting looking car like it it, it's definitely wheels. it's a little bit more of a bubble it definitely gives a veyron a run for its money in terms of bubbliness and whatnot I mean, it's completely whacked out wild with that, you know, Audi V8 with the twin turbos and whatnot. I believe the new Apollos have, uh, is it a Ferrari V12? Uh, it's Mercedes. Oh, is it a Mercedes V12? Oh, okay. We'll fact check that. Because um, I know with the Apollo IE, they worked with, um, it's part of the guy who developed the Mercedes um, CLK GTR okay. helped develop the Apollo IE. So nice. I believe it's a Mercedes motor. Okay. What uh, what color was that? Was that a burnt orange? 
Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful wow. orange. Just like, almost stunning. like a sunset orange. It had like a lot of shift in the color. Just a great looking. Uh, oh yeah, six three naturally aspirated V twelve. Oh okay. Huh. Oh wait, hold on. But they're also partnering with AMG. So that's okay. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna definitely go ahead and get a little bit more. Okay, so it uses it uses Ferraris. 6.3 NAV12 that's developed by Auto Technica Motori. And th but then, so the, but, but it also says here, so in 2018 it was revealed that Apollo would be partnering with um, HWA AG, which is a tuning and racing team spinoff from AMG, to complete the final stage development of, for the car. So it's currently got the V12 from Ferrari, but then it'll end up with a Mercedes. Engine? I have no Interesting. Idea. That's fascinating. More detail. More details on that to yeah. come. Um, I'm not going to cut that bit out because it's both apparently. Um, but the, the the back of this car, Alex, it's is insane. Is it me? Or are we starting to see a lot more fans on cars in the exterior? Um, is there a fan on it? I don't know. Well, it, it, look, fan shapes. Like the way that it kind of like, the, oh, there's okay. a particular like. I was gonna say no, like the T50 has like the an T50 actual has a fan. fan. <laughs> the McLarty, McLarty, the the crazy fan electric car that's made out of England. That's a fan car, but like, it's like the turbine look towards the back of it. I'm starting to go ahead and see that kind of a lot more in car in car language design, particularly in the hypercars. Do you like that? Um, I think it worked really well in the Apollo, just because I think it fits how crazy the car is. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to seeing more of that. I know that some people don't like it. I understand that, but at the same, I think it's very striking. I think it's super, super radical. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be fast as hell. Um, so there was that. Um, you did the quail this time. Uh, you didn't do it last year. This time you did. Oh, you I've done did it um, the last three years. Oh no no no, the pat the. Um, I remember what, what you. I remember what it was from last year. Last year you didn't get the press pass for the. Quail. I didn't get the press this pass this year either. Yes. No. Um, you went to the quail this year for sure. Um, I just remember the conversation, and um, there's a lot of stuff at the quail. Yes. It was kind of nuts. Yes, it always is. It, 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 so I don't even know where you want to start. Just walk me through yours, your experience of seeing everything that you saw, what you loved. What you may have not loved. What do you think? Was there anything um, that you didn't love? Honestly, not really. I, didn't I think love so. that event. It's such a crazy <laughs> event. Um, so many awesome cars are revealed every year. Just the atmosphere of the event is always very nice. I yeah. mean, you walk in and you're greeted with a glass of champagne. Um, you get to walk around. You get to see all the cars. Um, I did definitely make a mistake wearing uh, platform heels. That was a mistake. <laughs> That's a lot of walking. How long were you, were you guys there the entire day? Yes. <laughs> So that, that was a little bit of a mistake on my part. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just an amazing event, seeing yeah. all the cars. There's, it's just kind of a very classy, elegant event. It's sure. Just seeing like all the people, always, everyone's always all dressed up. And then, I mean, all these cars getting revealed is really crazy. You get to see stuff. Although this year, it felt a little interesting. Um, it felt like manufacturers went more out for Pebble to Quail, and it's usually vice versa. That is interesting. This year. So that was kind of interesting to see, but still, absolutely crazy event, crazy turnout. I mean, there were two, oh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, um, Cento Diocci, Cento okay. Dici, 
Anyways, there were two of them there, which was absolutely insane. I mean, the Apollo, um, i.e. Ocean Dragon was there, the Evo was there. There was a Gallardo, I think it's the Type S, like that prototype. That was insane to see. That was probably one of my favorite cars of the event. Yeah. Because that's been like on my bucket list to see for the longest time. So, so this would have been what? Because uh, the Gallardo went ahead and was first year of the Gallardo is 2004. So Type S would have been right around that time, maybe a little bit earlier because yeah, it was a prototype. Know what year it came out yeah. in, but it was just very cool to see that car. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, because Lamborghini was celebrating its 60th year. Yeah. It, they're celebrating their 60th year right now. Um, that land, the Lanzadora, that yes. four-door electric, it's an electric car if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, that did, made its debut at the Quail? Yes. Yeah. Thoughts? It looks like someone stepped on an Urus. Uh-huh. Keep going. That's all I really want okay. to say I'm not I, a fan. I'm not a fan either. I'm, And it's hard for me to say that I love Lamborghini. And I wouldn't mind a electric Lamborghini. It's, it's going to come at some point and, and whatever. Like, it's fine with it. I, I love the fact, you know, I've, you, me, and Steven talked to Welto a lot last time we yes. got together, right? And so we're not going to go down that road. And it's fair to say we all are pro Revuelto. And I wasn't too sure what to expect from Lamborghini when I heard that they were going to be unveiling a car. Um, I heard that they were going to, you know, do a four-door car. And I was like, oh, that would be interesting. Um, but I would have liked to have seen it with, like, some type of V12, you know, or the Revuelto powertrain, well, so but like in a four-door. this car is the beginning of their electric line. Yeah. Not a good way to start it. <laughs> Not a good way. It just doesn't look good. And I understand that it's, like, it definitely carries Lamborghini styling. Sure. But I wish that they were going to start their electric line. They would have started with something a little bit more Lamborghini. Like, I mean, when you think of Lamborghini, the first car that comes to your mind usually isn't the Urus. No. It's usually... The Aventador. Aventador, the Mercy, cars, Diablo, yeah. Countach, Mira. Yes. And, by the way, if I would have been okay because... To be, to be completely fair to it, yes, you said that it looks like a stepped-on Urus and whatnot. You do kind of maybe get the sense that they were trying to go ahead and incorporate some of the older 70s cars, you know, so either Yurako or um, Espada or Jalpa or something like that into the design. But I don't think the execution of it was that great. You know I what I mean? I think if you see the car, you'll know it's a Lamborghini. It has the styling. Yeah. I just think, I don't know, I'm just not, a, I wasn't really a fan of the Urus ever. Just the whole four-door Lamborghini SUV, like, it's, mm, I'm just not a fan of that not as fan. much. Yeah. I, I'm still praying for the day that we go ahead and get the V12 into an Urus. I would love to see it, just to see it. Because I think that's going to be, if if Ferrari can do it with Purasangwe, there's no reason why Lamborghini can't throw in the six and a half liter V12 into a Urus. Like, I, I, would, I would kill for that. But, again, that's not the Lamborghini you think of um, and when you even think of an SUV now you think of yours but previous to that you went ahead and thought of the Lambo Rambo which is the LM002 which I think is one of the coolest cars ever made yes me too it's one of my favorites uh, it's freaking amazing so I agree I was not a fan um, anything else at the coil that really went ahead and stood out to you um, the 959s, that was, in crazy, that was incredible, crazy, sorry, I like put the two words together. <laughs> That's how crazy it was. <laughs> that was, yeah, insane to see all those 959s. There was just 
a row of 959s. Yeah. I was freaking out. I love the 959. So that was really epic to see. Um, the yellow F50 was also really cool to see. There was also an F50 race car. That was Notice really how she said the yellow F50. There could have been a whole entire different batch of colors of yellow 50s and whatnot. There's not that many. I think that how many because how many F50 colors? There's less than like 10 colors. But it's the yellow 50 that went ahead and the yellow F50 that stood out to her of all the colors. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool to see. Um, I thought Ogara's group, or I thought Ogara's stand with like Lozante cars. Yeah. That was really cool. Like the HDK cars, loved seeing those. They, their dealership group is so cool. Yes, I thought the gold Mistral, stunning. That car looked so beautiful in the gold. Yeah. Um, I wish they'd had the Bolide on display because they had it at Pebble, but they didn't have it at Quail. So that was kind of a bummer because I was really looking forward to seeing another Bolide because I yeah. saw it at the 2021 Quail mm. and it was insane. That so. just, it sounds to me like it was manufacturers were either choosing to go to the Quail or to Pebble Beach and maybe the Quail was maybe just charging a lot more for stands. I'm it, not sure what it was. It, it, uh, that's I mean, just a the guess. The manufacturers were at both places, but it just seemed like they had more at Pebble and at Quail this year, which was interesting. Like, all the F1s at Pebble was insane. Yeah. So, at, at Pebble, um, we saw the Mustang GTD get unveiled that Friday or Thursday night. No, so Pebble was Sunday, so that got unveiled at Spanish Bay. Bay. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, because I want to focus a little bit more on Pebble Beach. Um, now, so you, that Pe Pebble was Sunday, Quail was Friday. Yes. Um, was where was Pin where did Pininfarina uh, de debut their car? Oh, that was Quail. That was the Quail, and you you like that too? Yes, I loved the new Pininfarina. I thought the interior was stunning. Yeah. That sucker is fast. Yes. Uh, they, they, they 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 put out the uh, the numbers for that car. Insane. It's un it's unbelievable. And I was just completely blown away. It's a good-looking car. I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me, people. I don't mind that it's an electric car. Um, what I do, I want internal combustion. Of course, I do. But that is just a really rad-looking thing. Um, it's Pininfarina. You know, it's what they what they did at Ferrari for so many years, and now they've branched off by themselves and making their own cars and whatnot. And their styling hasn't. You know, it's it's what it is, and you can tell why Ferrari can sometimes struggle with their designs because they don't have Pininfarina to go ahead and lean on and whatnot. So it, you can you can see that they can really make a beautiful car yes. without the constraints of what Ferrari wants. Um, it's I find it absolutely fascinating. Was there anything else at Pebble that went ahead and like blew you away? F1 LM that okay. was insane to see at Pebble. That's pretty cool. That's not normal. No. No. Um, okay. So, we talked a little bit about Mustang, and I know we're running a little bit on time. I'm sorry. I'll no, go you're ahead. good. No, I've got like another hour. Oh, okay, fine. sweet. Um, that Mustang GTD. So, I talked about this a little bit with my previous guest, Dan Pilling. Shout out to Dan. Um, you and I had a small five-minute conversation before we went ahead and hit the record button on regards to Mustang GTD. It's 300 grand for a not so regular Mustang let's let me be very clear it is not a normal Mustang um, but there's a lot of butts yes. coming from Alex Kudlow so go ahead um, to be honest I wasn't the biggest fan of it I feel like that it doesn't it's not what American Muscle is American Muscle used to be a fairly inexpensive like a way that 
the every but like the everyday guy or everyday girl could get into a sports car. <laughs> the new Mustang is not that. Right. Like the everyday guy isn't gonna drop three hundred thousand dollars on a Mustang. And then when you start looking at that price point, why would you take your three hundred thousand dollars and buy a Mustang? Like there are so many other op options at that price point that you can buy. So why a Mustang? That's a great point. Now, nobody's going to go ahead and just buy this Mustang GTD and have it be at their only car. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, I think it's probably going to go ahead and be a lot of collect probably collectors, probably a collectors car and whatnot. Now, I brought up to you the fact, and you know this, that Multimatic is building that car on behalf of Ford and whatnot. Does that at all impress you? If they had launched that car as anything other than the Mustang, I think I would have been more impressed. But the fact that they're giving it the Mustang name, they're branding it as a Mustang, and you have to look like... And okay, it's very clearly a Mustang. The Mustang has yeah. been around for, what, 50, 60 years? 60 years, yeah. Yeah, so you're looking at that, and you're saying, okay... What are the first 60 years of the, until the Mach-E, the Mustang has been... I do not consider the Mach-E a Mustang. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. why would you consider this new one a Mustang? It's that same principle. Is it's so out there from what a Mustang is, from what the brand they've built for 50, 60 years around the Mustang. Yeah. That's like, that's the brand. That's what the Mustang is. That's what they've created. So for them to try and bring these new things into it and just use the Mustang name right. to try to like, I don't know, try to sell the car, I feel is doing a major disservice to the actual Mustang itself. That's a very good point. And I think that we live in a world where American muscle is no longer as much of that cheap alternative to other European or just other sports cars in general. Um, you know, if you want a regular Camaro SS, it's going to run you. If you want a good, well-equipped Camaro SS, you're going to be looking at almost 50 Gs. Same thing with a Mustang GT with the track packs and stuff like that. I mean, a Scat Pack Challenger is going to go ahead and probably run you like 47, 48 grand. That's not help. I mean, we're not talking Hellcats. Um, so I do think that although that is less expensive than what a brand new M3 could be going for, it's less expensive than what a C63 with the four-cylinder could be going for, um, and RS5s and, and whatnot, it's still expensive and, I, and even if you went ahead and took out inflation like those cars were still getting up there in price and I think that in general uh, the car manufacturers may have lost that luster a little bit of like hey we're supposed to be a little bit cheaper still great quality and I mean the, I've gone on record multiple times saying that I take Camaro over a couple of the other European counterparts and whatnot but still like you're looking at a lot and then now GTD is so beyond that like regardless of what it is like because it is full you know full-on race car build like this thing is for the track it's it's like technically technologically advanced to so like the gills but like you ha it's a it got a very specific use for it but people do have that stigma of like oh it's still a mustang regardless of it being like beyond a Shelby GT500, beyond a regular Mustang. Like, this is not the type of Mustang you're well, going to go ahead and... See, this is what you're saying. You're saying it's beyond a Mustang, but it is a Mustang. Right, it still is a Mustang, right. So it's it can't be beyond something that it is. I, I, and that's ooh, kind of... That's a good point. That's the issue, is like, you want to say, well, it's not your regular Mustang. Okay, but it's still a Mustang. Right. It may not be, you know, the average Mustang you see on the street, but it's still a Mustang. Sure. So even if you're saying it's beyond this, it's beyond that... But it is. It's no, no. what it is. So I think that that's the biggest issue that that car, I have with that car, is the way that they've branded it. Yeah. Just because I feel like, first of all, the 4GT, the 4GT has a heritage. 
so like you know it races the Mans. It has like all these essentially like trophies to its name. So yep. when they say it's this much money, you say, okay, that's the Ford GT. That is a race car. That's what it has always been. Right. First, the Mustang was for sixty years not. Right. So I feel Regardless like of its had, race history, you're right. Yes. I feel like if they had created a new name for this car, or just just not marketed as a Mustang, they'd market it as like a Ford race car. Yeah. It could have done so much better than marketing it as a Mustang. Even if they kept the Mustang styling, but sure. marketed it as something else, because that Mustang styling is still Ford styling. Yeah. So if they just kept that styling, but marketed it as anything else, I feel like I would like it more. But the fact that they're marketing it as a Mustang, that's like kind of that's where, where the irk is. Cause it's like, that's not what a Mustang, I mean, that's not what they've built for the last 60, 70 years a Mustang to be. Sure. I totally get that, and I'm telling you this right now. I swear to God, if I see one of the GT, if I see somebody taking a GTD to a Cars and Coffee and losing it and banging into somebody like a normal Mustang, I will never be able to take that car seriously. <laughs> and it will piss me off. And let me be very clear right now: the people who do crash their Mustangs, that's not a Mustang problem. That's a driver problem. But if somebody were to do that in a GTD, I'm cooking this car forever. And I'll never take it seriously ever again. I'm just letting you know right now. I said that on record. Um, there was so... But you did. You guys did so much other than go to the events and whatnot. Yes, what, I feel the biggest part of Car Week isn't the events. The events right. are amazing. They're fun to go to. But so much of Car Week exists outside of the events. Mm -hmm. what, 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 you know, besides Pink Pig, besides, you know, the, the random shoots, um, what are some of the things that stood out to you this year that stood out even more so from last year? So I think the biggest thing about Car Week is honestly, this is kind of how I think of it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of said it in a post I made this week. Like, to me, Car Week is just a giant Easter egg hunt. Yeah, yeah. But the Easter eggs move and their cars and the playing field is all of the modern peninsula mm -hmm. so you're just going around trying to find like certain cars that you know that are there you're trying to find sometimes you don't even see them and that's kind of like the worst feel like i missed the pain and bumper p1 this year and i'm so pissed i never saw it <laughs> but like that's like one of those things you're just jumping around trying to find these cars and it's and they like come up like, cars will just it's almost like they spawn like it's insane like we were driving to go to a um party that we were invited to on thursday evening and as we're driving i look behind us and the brand new koenigsegg driven by christian von koenigsegg turns the corner and gets behind us in traffic wow and it was just like i literally i looked oh. at steven and i was like drop the top i'm taking rollers I saw your story about that saying like I wonder how weirded out he was when I just went ahead and popped out of the 570 just shooting at it. <laughs> I had to yell to Steven I'm like drop the top right That's now and he so just good. popped out and I just popped up, turned around yeah. in my seat and started shooting rollers. That's so good. Which um so this wouldn't have been would this have been Jesco? No. What which one uh, what is the, it? I'm so bad with numbers. It's the CC. Oh, the new yeah, yeah. The, 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 the the like the new old school CC CCR? Is this no. no, it is the old CCX or something. No, no, no CCX no. was also like the yeah. one it of the is, first it's, ones. It's the CC one something. Yeah, it's the br it's the brand new one. Also coming back with the with the seven this. speed manual. CC eight fifty. Yeah, it. the thing is that that's the driver's um, Koenigsegg. 
Yeah. That's the best way to go ahead and I'm think so about that. I'm so bad with numbers. They swirl around. Yeah. So no, well, that's why I appreciate, like, him naming, you know, Jamera and I love that, like, the Porsches are the hardest. I'm so dyslexic that, like, when I'm trying to remember numbers, I'm like, okay, is it 850? Is it 580? Yeah. What is it? I mean, McLaren's the same way. See, McLaren, yeah, McLaren's are horrible, especially, right. like, because they, it's not like they put new numbers either. They just flip-flop some numbers, like 675, 765. Oh, my gosh, like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. No, I know. It, I mean, and then now we're going into 750, and I don't know what 750's LT is going to look like. What is that going to be? Is that going to be 800 LT, or is that 790 LT? I don't know. Um, I mean, that 750 hasn't even arrived yet, so here I am trying to go ahead and figure out what the new LT is going to be for that. But, you know, when you've been seeing them do this thing for the last decade, you kind of start to go ahead and figure out, oh, so that's what they're going to be doing. Um, these, You guys went to, like, several of these the, the, the houses with, their, with the cars and whatnot. What was, he, what was your personal favorite? Oh, that's a tough question. Honestly, this year we didn't do as much of that as we have in past years. We did a lot more just car spotting, going around 17 miles. That's all, and then Ocean Avenue is always one of my favorites. I love to just like go to the little Carmel Bakery, grab a, you know, a cappuccino and a croissant and just like watch the cars go by. I love doing that. Mm. Um, so that was really fun. But yeah, we didn't really go to as many houses this year as we have in past years. Um, just because we were more like running around just doing kind of spotting, doing photo shoots, those kind of things. Yeah. So I think, I'm trying to remember what houses we even went to this year, to be honest. Um, so I don't think we really went to many. Oh, okay. Well, no, no worries. I just remember last year you guys went to like, um, was it David David Lee's yes. thing, right? So that was kind of crazy. Um, that picture is up on not only your page. <laughs> On, and on Steven's page, also up on mine, because um, I thought it was fantastic. You got this whole row of like F50s um, that you did and whatnot, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but what was your what was you guys' Saturday? Because you guys did Pebble on Sunday and Quail on Friday. What was your Saturday? Was that the Exotics over Broadway? No. So we, I, kind of, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that show just with how crowded it gets. Yeah. And it's not really in the nicest area of Monterey. Gotcha. So if you're not in the if you're not in the show, it's not really a place you want to park and leave a car. That's fair. Especially a nice car. Right. And it is so crowded. It's just shoulder to shoulder with people the entire time. Ugh. You don't really have like an opportunity to get photos unless you get like VIP access to get like behind some of the um, cones. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's very hard to get photos. So it's not really my favorite event. Honestly, on Saturday after Quayo and all that, we just kind of took it easy. We slept in, and then we just did a lot of car spotting. Because Saturday is one of the best days to do like car spotting. Sure. So we did a lot of car spotting Saturday. Is that when you would have? No. So what? 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 Did, what else did you spot that you haven't mentioned? Because I feel like the ones that you talked about, those ones were at both at Pebble and at Quail. What did you spot that you haven't mentioned that you can think of? Um, SP3. We spotted that driving around. Oh, Ocean the Ferrari Avenue. SP3. That was really nice. Cool. That's cool. Um, just a lot of stuff on Ocean Avenue, hanging out with friends down on Ocean or Ocean Avenue. Same with 17 Mile. Mm -hmm. um, Saturday night, I think that's when I had a shoot with 1016. So we did that. Um, bug. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Flashbacks for Alex. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. And we spotted on 70 Mile. We spotted uh, Shmi and the Zenvo, so that was cool. We mm. spotted Konosuke uh, Agera. That was really neat. Uh, P1. Um, so yeah, 
just a lot of stuff. We got a ride in like a century-old car that was on wooden wheels. Oh yeah, that's, that, that was really cool. That Chevy, right? Yeah. Tell and me about that because I saw you guys a story yesterday. I was we like, look at this rad. I mean, we were just all at like this little pullout, and this guy pulls up in his like old Chevy on wood wheels, and it's just like a century-old car, and it was just so cool. It's so basically a carriage Steve, with, wa- with, yeah, a, with an Steve's engine in it. Yeah, talking about to him about um, his 570 and all that, and then he's like, "Can we get a ride?" And the guy's like, "Sure." So me, Stephen, and Austin all hopped in the car, and we just went for a ride. And then it was the funniest thing, and I'll never forget. As we're going down the hill to get back to the turnout, he goes, "So this car doesn't really have brakes." We're just like, "Oh." Whoa. <laughs> I um, I uh watched a video like about a year and a half ago um the smoking tire matt fair and zach clapman they were at the um the um whatever the concourse is that happens in rhode island every year um and they went ahead and had to do a rally in these cars that were built from like 1910 or something and so like they're going down this hill and they talked about it on their podcast and they also mentioned it in the youtube video it was by far one of the sketchiest experiences that they've ever had just going down because they're like getting up to like 25 miles an hour alex and they're flip they're fucking moving like when you have no brakes i don't care what you say 25 miles an hour that's fast as hell with no brakes that is sketch it's like it's brakes are so weird it's essentially like it's not like a normal brake are you having to pull like handles and stuff no it's like well he does it's like a thing and it's a string and when he pulls the string it just tightens like a little clamp around the wheel oh so it's like an old school like bicycle clamp yes yeah yeah, but in a car from 1925. Yeah, but nah. it's a century old. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. That's and sketch. It just, it just slows you down to a, just a very, very slow stop. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> crazy. You, uh, you know, you wonder. You wonder why the life expectancy back in that those days was very, very, very low compared to what it is now. Um, but that's still got to be an unbelievable car experience because, again, it's like kind of, you know, I remember having a conversation with Colleen. Shout out to Colleen from Ferraris Online. And her and I were talking about like the evolution of cars and the evolution of car culture. Like without, you know, the, the vintage stuff, we wouldn't have what we have today. But then without what we had in the 20s, the evolution that we've seen in the last 98 years, if you will. I mean, to see the radical difference of what it was to see that old school Chevy, right? And then, you know... Your, you and your boyfriend have your M3 and the 570 like such a completely different world of, of stuff definitely, definitely. Not, like, let alone the technology but just the driving ability of these cars is nuts to me but it is so cool to kind of like reappreciate that. those are some of like the best memories of car week like it's yeah like, those like random experiences that you get meeting people seeing friends like that's kind of really what it's all about like yes it's cool to see the cars to photograph them yeah. but it's like some of the experiences and the people that's and just like the community mm. that's kind of what it's a lot more about the the unbelievableness of car culture never ceases to amaze me and i feel like it doesn't matter where you go car culture is car culture and whether you're not you're going to go ahead and find it here in phoenix whether or not you find it in los angeles whether or not you find it in monterey slash carmel you find it in florida go across the pond over to the uk you know for like anybody who went to 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 goodwood you know talked about it with dylan and with uh with lorenzo um 
there's this just camaraderie that never ceases to go away because it doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter what color of skin you have, doesn't matter what car you drive. If you like driving, you like cars. You like driving, you like cars. You know what I mean? I will say this, though. It's a little disappointing Mm -hmm. to see how the TikTok stunt culture has infiltrated the car scene in Car Week. That was probably the one kind of negative takeaway I had to see how much of that there was from kids running, like, just running through the streets with their phones out following cars. Like, I mean, there's enjoying a car and then there's just... Doing it for the clout? Well, not even for the clout. There's some people who... I don't know, it's like they don't have a respect, like they lose all respect for not just the car, but the person driving the car. Like The, the owners, owners like yeah. You have to be respectful if it's, you know, it's not your car. It's, I mean, how does this like, yes, it might get you views, but to dis, like, it's just, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Just that feeling of my views are more important than having just being respectful Person, human personal being. space of the person that you whose yeah, space like, you're invading you, know, you don't really want to have yeah. cameras shoved in your face all the time with yeah. people yelling what do you do for a living or you know yelling oh your car's so cheap what are you doing here like that kind of stuff which like, it's crazy that it happens at car week but it's like you know this guy's poor compared to this guy. like that's like the culture that's like starting to come that's like that's it's nuts like, to me. Yeah, like, it's a different level of car. Sure. But you should still be able to respect all the cars and have yeah. respect for the people driving these cars. Well, I find it hilarious that somebody would go ahead and say, oh, your car is cheap compared to that other person's car, when, bro, you don't have a car. Because a lot of these TikTokers are, like, 17, 18, 19 years old. Oh, yes, they were more like 12 to 15. Yeah. Like, you, you're a child. It's just... And I don't I, I feel like TikTok Reels versus has a much more youthful mm-hmm. but also kind of immature and negative connotation like that's kind of mentioned before like but when i post a reel that does well versus a photo that does well yeah. you look at the comments and they're very very different extremely it is you know the photos this is amazing i love this oh my gosh the light the location the tones like it's much more mature audience who's appreciating the art right versus a reel i post and then it's like just a, it's oh that's so cheap oh what are you doing driving that car uh, it's yeah. like oh did your boyfriend let you drive like it's just a very it's like people like to post negative comments to get attention and likes yeah and it feels like that has infiltrated that like culture that attitude yeah. of just being disrespectful for likes has infiltrated the car scene and it's infiltrated like Monterey Car Week yeah like um there was supposed to be a Veneno that came to Car Week okay it was supposed to come this year, but it didn't because the guy got followed by a TikToker into like to his house, and he had to pull out a gun That's because nuts. he was so freaked out getting followed in his banana to his house, and so he didn't bring it this year. Yeah, it's it's really sad how social media has now invaded the actual reality of the car scene in a way. I had a very interesting conversation with my friend Robert, and he said because of that culture. Car Week is the only place where by holding a camera, you're deemed no longer a professional. You're deemed as a fan who's going to be rude, immature, because that's what has become of so many of these kids with a camera. They're just, they're rude, they're mature, they have no respect. And because of that, 
it's like by carrying a camera you're you're associating yourself and people are really rude to you it's yeah. insane like if you go if i have my camera hidden and i pull up like to let's let's use carmel valley ranch as a perfect example we pull up in the 570 with my camera hidden and it's oh welcome in we pull up with our friend driving us in his um is it a pole? i think it's a pole. anyways we pull up in that car and you know the camera is kind of off to the side and it's what are you doing here you better not get close to those cars yada 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 it's a very different experience because of this culture that's infiltrated it that's nuts to me that's really sad that's really sad that, that breaks my heart by carrying a camera at car week you have become people view you more as a pest yeah. than they do as a professional and that sucks that is really shitty i remember a couple maybe like a month and a half ago you 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 put up that poll on your respective instagram account um where you were trying to go ahead and decipher the differences between posting up a set of photos whereas opposed to posting up a set of reels um and there was a lot that went into all that which is a lot of what you just described and one of the things that you mentioned and i think a lot of people agreed with you when you were and was you know sharing your answers was and and i think we can i can mention it in the sense because i've had three two reels in the past week not go crazy automotive alex viral but like you know like they're getting like 300 likes and getting like three or five thousand views or whatever that is and i'm like well i damn sure don't have three thousand followers that can go ahead and do all this stuff um and what what does that tell you well that means that instagram is going ahead and expanding that out into the algorithms and whatnot and so when that happens you get uh, you know all these different personalities that you don't respectively know judging you on something that you happen to love and i find that really odd you know what i mean like it's cool that people can go ahead and see you know what you love or in particular your work or anybody else's work but then they feel that just because you went ahead and put it out there into the ether that they can just go ahead and give judgment on whatever they want to because they don't well, like it. I feel the audience that Reels reaches and the audience that artistic photo post reaches, people be, let's just go this way, the people that are looking at photographers' pages and enjoying like the art of photography are very different than the person, than the audience, like the group of people watching Reels. Yeah. It's very different. And so because of that, like Reels, I post, when I do Reels, I have to, I feel like I almost have to play into who's watching to get the Reel to perform. Yeah. Like with what I'm saying in the caption, those kind of things, like you have to play into that audience. But it's very just very interesting to see the differences in those two platforms and the way that kind of culture of disrespect and like anything is worth it if this video can go viral no matter how rude or inconsiderate I'm being and then the amount of people doing that has now made it where that is the expected behavior of everyone with a camera or a phone and so it doesn't allow you to be able to go ahead and enjoy when you fully enjoy when you go down to a big event like that camera and kind of judging right because that's you're no longer a professional you're a pest yes it's kind of like even in cars in particular when you go to a cars and coffee and just because you know you have a quote-unquote fast car it means like you're the ones that are that we're the ones that are hurting the earth right or that we're the ones that are going ahead and that we're the takeover crowd like alex and i are not the takeover crowd we are anti-takeover but because we happen to love car culture as much as anybody else we're the ones that go ahead and get viewed in that limelight and that's an unfortunate thing to be placed into um 
And I don't know what I can do to change that other than continue to go ahead and have a podcast and have people like you on and be able to go ahead and talk about the things that we, we think are the right things to go about it with car culture. But it does suck to know that that has now infiltrated one of the more exclusive... I say exclusive, but it's not actually that exclusive because it's open to anybody who's willing to go ahead and pay for going to Monterey that week. But there was always this like... It used to be Sophistication? Classier. Yeah. Yes. It used to be classier. Even, like, way back, like, in 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the year it all went to crap a lot. Um, and that was also the year that TikTok started to... to uh, a year prior. 2020, yeah. When but, it came out. But in 2019, there was... It was almost like every guy from Oakland who was in the takeover scene decided to show up in Monterey. Yeah. So that was kind of an issue in 2019. And that's why they now do the Ocean Avenue road closures ever since. But I feel like the TikTok culture and that Reels culture has really infiltrated and made it even worse. Like, you can't drive down Ocean Avenue without somebody standing in the middle median yelling at you to rev it, do a burnout, do a pull with their phone out. And it's like, that's that's not what this is about. It's about appreciation. It's about camaraderie. It's about coming here and enjoying these cars Mm -hmm. without trying to force a stunt to happen to go viral. Right. Or to put somebody in danger because a stunt goes wrong if they decide it. Now, exactly. if, if somebody decides to go ahead and do the stunt because somebody's yelling at them, well, bro or sis, that's probably the wrong move to do. You know, don't do that. I mean, there's a time and a place there's for it. There's a time and a place for it. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. But um, Downtown Carmel with a ton of people walking by. Probably not the best idea. No. 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 Absolutely not. But what would you... Out of all the car weeks that you've been to over the last now few years, where would you rank this one? That is a really tough question. I feel like this might have been, I really hate to say it, but I've enjoyed all of the other car weeks I've been to more than I enjoyed this one. Mm. And it's not because of the cars, it's again just because... Everything you just mentioned? Yes, it was very, it was like it was even, like every year it's been a little bit more like that, but this year I really noticed like the looks I was getting carrying a camera. Mm-hmm. like. Now you started affecting you. You started seeing it from the outside. Now you're starting to go ahead and see it affect you. I'm like getting that prejudice. And it's like, sometimes I'm just like, hey, like, I'm not a TikToker. I'm not like Mm -hmm. one of those, like, if you want to see like my account, like it's extremely professional. Right. Like, I won't even post a reel if there's cussing in the reel because I don't want like that to affect like the profession, like how professional I want to present myself and present my page. Right. You know, I brought like this year was the first year I'm like, you know, I'm going to actually bring like really nice professional clothes to Monterey because I don't want to just be seen as the kid with a camera on a street corner that looks like, like a hobo. Like, <laughs> you know, yes, you know, yoga pants it. and hoodies weren't cutting it this year. No, so, no, like, I, I, get you know, you. I brought more like professional, nicer clothes. Yeah. Like I want, I don't want to be in that stereotype, but I still feeling that kind of prejudice just by holding a camera, it was like people looked at you very differently this year. I gotcha. And like I had conversations with a couple of my friends about that. And like again, it was just to like reiterate the point. You went from professional to pest. Mm. With it, like within a year. I would say within a year. It's been like a slow change, but this was the first year I really noticed it. Like yeah. there were actually people who were like kind of giving us like hard times. Right. Because of the camera, and it was like okay, like, I'm no longer seen as a professional in this environment. How do you try and change that for next year if you can? Like, what do you think is the move? Honestly, I think as TikTok grows and, like, more of this grows, I don't think it, I don't personally see it getting better. I think the biggest thing is just 
talking to people and changing their individual opinion about you versus their opinion on the scene. You having the connection built before you get to Carmel kind of deal? Like, they know who you are and they're like, okay, no, I Alex is no good. I they're ever good. People, sure. They're not going to know who I am. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> unless, unless the quail finally, you know. <laughs> no, you're good. But even then, like, yeah. no, nobody's going to know, like, even like, because I mean, I post photos. I don't really post myself, so nobody really knows who I am, and I kind of enjoy it that way. I yeah. don't want people to. really... I mean, it wasn't like two. It wasn't until like two years ago that people finally realized that I'm you were female, actually a female. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I, I enjoy it that way. I like having kind of like animated anim animimit yes. anonymity. There we go. That's the word. That's the word. <laughs> word of the day. Um. So yeah, I enjoy having that. I enjoy kind of being in the back. I like. Mm -hmm. I prefer my photos to be known rather than me to be known. That's Absolutely. how I enjoy it. But um. Yeah, it was just very interesting this year seeing that transition and how much of an effect it had just like from like dirty looks to like comments to like trying to go places and being given a hard time because of the camera like mm -hmm. things like that it was very interesting no i get that that's rough it that's almost felt unwelcoming which is sad which is supposed to be car you see it's an amazing thing where everybody feels welcome everybody really enjoys it yeah. but this year it almost felt a little bit unwelcome. I got you. Well, wow, that's a. Let's end it on a positive. Let's try and end it on a positive because like like I, I that that's kind of depressed me a little bit um, to know that that's how you have to that you are now feeling that way. Um, it's really unfortunate that you know the toxicity of that respective culture is now going ahead and seeping into Carmel and seeping into Monterey and I'm sh you know I mean it's seeping into it's seeping into everything everything yeah. car related as it because that's what's happening in the car is that you're getting more and more and more of that it's right we need to do the stunts we need to do this to get the video you see it seeping into ba into Barrett Jackson too yes. like you know you go to Barrett Jackson people are like oh why is this car here it's so old nobody cares about this Chevrolet Camaro Z28 it's like nah brother there's a whole contingent that cares about that respective type of car um, and I'm sure you go to RM Sotheby's or you go to Bonham's and whatnot and it's the same thing um, except for when you go to Bonham's you probably won't see that because I bet you those kids wouldn't unless they're trying to record a MC12 leaving ah. the you know which we know how that was um, but that being said let's end this on a positive because a it's I gotta go ahead and be leaving in a second um, but it's also been a fantastic conversation we got an hour and 25 minutes can you believe oh, wow. that I know we're gonna have to cut out just a little bit but it'll still be a great episode well you um, cut about all the parts where I like didn't <laughs> remember things <laughs> <laughs> that and other stuff that we won't mention on here that all being said um, what are your expectations well, actually let's do this um, obviously you want to go back oh 100% so, I still love it yeah like don't get me wrong like yes that was a little disappointing and yeah. that made it like first of all car week is amazing I look forward to it every single right. year oh my gosh so the countdowns from you guys was hilarious yeah, just because like one year wasn't as good as the, the previous other? years doesn't mean it wasn't good like it was mm -hmm. still an amazing experience I had amazing time I got amazing shots I got to hang out with my friends meet great people like amazing things still happened mm -hmm. just because of that it wasn't my favorite year Right. But by no means does that mean it was a bad year. It was still so much fun. And, like, just meeting people, seeing friends, that's, like, some of the things I enjoy the most about it. Like, we met up in Santa Barbara with a couple of our friends, and they had their Paganis, and I got to, like, do a shoot with a yellow Pagani, which I've wanted to do for probably, like, the last seven years. I've been like, this is my dream shoot. I need a yellow Pagani. <laughs> and I finally got it. So it was, like, these, like, really cool things still happen. You still sure. have these amazing moments and amazing times. So, like, don't let that one thing like influence like that it was a bad car week because it wasn't it was an yeah. amazing car week it's just there were it just wasn't as amazing 
I got you. If that and makes sense. No, no, I, I, I do. I do. And I'm doing everything I can to try and make it happen for next year. I oh, really you should. am. That's, you should. It is such an amazing experience. And it's just so much beyond the cars. It's the people. It's the people. It's the it's the good culture. It's the good vibes. It's the it's a great experience. Yeah. like friends. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, that uh, SLR722 that you guys saw when you guys were leaving, um, I messaged Stephen. I was like, oh, my God. It's I a 722. Asleep. I was asleep. It's uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. By the way, it's uh, was that, the new EQS. We left it like, yeah, yeah we've been up so late. And then we were like you guys up left at 5 a.m. packing, trying to get everything in the car, trying to get the McLarens. We ended up having to ship the McLarens because oh, yeah. there was a hurricane. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, my God, we don't want to flood title McLaren. So we're going <laughs> to ship it. <laughs> That's a good idea. So That's we had really to like, secure shipping in two days. Nice. Ended up leaving out a friend who was able to load it into the trailer for us because he lives there. Mm-hmm. And so that all happened. So we're trying to get that situated, Shout figure out, out our him. luggage because we're like, oh my gosh, the friends that we can catch a ride back, but they're like trunk is full. So right. if we don't want to be, you know, sitting with our luggage for the entire 15 hours, 12, 15 hours, because yeah, it took a long time. Because we, because sure. of the hurricane, we got rerouted because mm. Highway 10 washed out. So oh, okay. The bridge washed out, so they closed it. So we had to go all the way over to the 40, which ended up taking a lot extra time. And then we had to cut down like through Kingman, like you would, how you would go to Vegas. Yeah. So that took a lot of time. But you guys got back safely, which is yes, the most important we did. thing. And the car got back safely. Yes. So it was like all this stuff. So it was, I don't remember where I was going with this, but yeah. So we were up really, really early taking care of things and I slept almost the entire <laughs> ride home. <laughs> I was barely awake for any of it. Oh man. Well, I mean, 722s rule. <laughs> um, and I, I would love to go out and see one in person, let alone get a chance to experience one. But um, we'll finish this on, finish it on this. We're now late august going into september by the time that this episode drops it's going to be labor day weekend which is i'm super psyched for um what are your three-day weekend baby let's go um what are your expectations and what are you up to towards the end of the year like you've hit a lot of goals this year you're so close to forty thousand. so proud of you honestly the next big thing is probably cars and copters in october right so i think that's going to be the next big thing until then it's just like a couple of like small projects here Mm -hmm. and there but yeah. yeah. Um, and that all being said, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I think that's right. everything. Awesome. If you're looking for a 570, hit up Steven. Yes, do that. If you want a uh, camera, hit up Alex. <laughs> um, or photos. Or <laughs> definitely for photos, for photo shoots, for collaborations, anything of that nature, hit up Alex at Automotive Alex, at Automotive underscore Alex, to be completely correct on that. And then, of course, Steven at Issa Rideoff. Uh, big ups to him and everything that he's doing. The M3 is not going anywhere for now. Not for a while. Not for a while. Um, and if you uh, go ahead and see a bright yellow M3 with uh, some awesome silver rims, you know who it is. Also, if you look at the license plate, you'll definitely know who it is. <laughs> Yes. But uh, go ahead and make sure you tag her whenever you see her and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, keep up the great work, dude. I really Thank mean you. it. And uh, just doing incredible things. And that all being said, this has been our second annual Car Week review. Yes. This has been awesome. Already um, excited for next year. Oh, Already excited for next year. Are you going to try and do good work next year or are you going to wait a little bit longer? I don't think I have enough vacation time to do good work. <laughs> I would love to. I really want. I was so, there's so many more events I want to do this year. Yeah. I wanted to go to... Um, Connecticut and do the big event that's happening this weekend there. Yeah. But I just don't have enough. I put all my vacation hours into Car Week. I'm out. You you you, you were out for a while. You were out there for a while. So that, that that makes sense. That makes sense. But that doesn't mean that I mean that just means getting more PTO for uh 2024. That's Hopefully. great. Awesome. Um, but that all being said, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope that 
your 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 bite gets better, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, unless we're gonna go ahead and see a Spider Woman chilling around Phoenix. Who never, who you never know. By a yellow spider shooting a yellow car. Oh, uh, hilarious! That's that. I, I didn't know that you were shooting the yellow car when you did. Oh, that's right, because you were doing Stevens. Yellow that's F- hilarious. No, yellow F1 GTR long tail. Oh. Climbed up a ravine to get to the top of a bluff for a photo. There was a venomous spider in the ravine. Yes. When are we gonna see that set? That should be dropping soon, right? Whenever I figure out the tones I want, I'm like really going between. Should I lean like yeah. more dark and moody? Should I add like? Oh, should I, ooh. That's okay. super dope, Defender. Um, I'm just still like leaning for like if I want to go dark and moody, mm. if I want to go like more greens or paint. Like I really, it's very tough because I don't shoot much with like oceans. Yeah. So there's a lot of blue I'm trying to work with. Oh, interesting. To out okay. How to work it. So we'll when I figure out how I like the edit, we'll see them. All right. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, that all being said, thank you so much. Um, and if you want to go ahead and again follow Alex at Automotive Alex, um, and uh, those are the only Instagram because unless you want, actually if you're in the mood to go ahead and see like coffee, tell Alex and that we should go ahead and post more on that respective page. <laughs> oh, and of course F80 Alex, duh. That's what I was remembering. If you want to go ahead and see great sets of alex with her f80 just doing shenanigans um and funny reels and whatnot go ahead and follow that um basically that f80 you've got it exactly to where you want it to there's not really much you want to do to it now right need to pin the crank hub oh yeah okay well when you do that it'll be very important to you in particular but like from an aesthetic look it's perfect right now as is yes okay fantastic maybe Uh, side skirts also i got hit by a tire so i need to fix that oh shit okay <laughs> i did not know that okay well hopefully it's, it's a very just quick... on the lip like some of the um rubber from the tire embedded itself into the wrap oh my god so i need to rewrap the front lip that's hilarious all right well hopefully that's a very quick fix and whatnot but uh next week we're gonna have a really really special guest which i'm gonna go ahead and tell alex off the air who that is um but for now thank you alex godlow appreciate your friendship and appreciate you being amazing and uh everybody this has been jorge aquino you've been listening to tormenting tarmac and it's the podcast for the where the enthusiast never dies have a great day everybody bye